This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Post-match chat for chaps for that meal podcast where it finished at the den. Meal nil. Southampton won in a game that Southampton dominated the ball three times as many passes, three times the amount of possession, uh, double the amount of shots we had. I still felt that that was a real sucker punch and, and we didn't deserve to lose in the manner in which we did yesterday, uh, conceding yet another late goal to add uh, insult to injury after the Watford uh, game as well. That's three points lost from positions that ultimately we had on the 90th minute and we should be seeing them out. So why aren't we? More on that to come. But a disappointing end, I think, to what was, again, uh, a fantastic effort from all those involved with the club yesterday for the armed forces and, and uh, a really well-respected uh, occasion from, from both sets of fans. It is a, a credit to our club that we're able to, to host such occasions like yesterday. And again, massive thank you and credit goes into every single person that was involved in, in, in running that and organising it. So you all deserve a massive a massive um, thank you and um, uh, certainly raise a glass to you for, for doing that. Um, and we're getting into the, the lineup. Before we do, I'm recording this about 30 minutes after the announcement that Joe Edwards is going to become our new manager, which I will talk about in the in the, the latter half of this video. But let's talk about the game a little bit more. Um, and then we can talk about maybe what Joe Edwards and, and his coaching team will bring to uh, to the club. What I will say is uh, just quickly about Joe Edwards. It, I found it very interesting that he's going to be announced as the new head coach, not as the new manager. Anyway, so yesterday's game against Southampton. Um it's a frustrating one because I think we hold on two, three more minutes. And I think it just shows you in football how it really is fine margins because I think the players would have been applauded off for their effort levels, um, for keeping out, let's be honest, a very, very, very good Southampton team. And a team that, if I'm being honest, when I when I when I look at the fixtures. I don't really expect too much out of games against the teams that the, the likes of Southampton. So you isolate that one result and I'm not too disappointed just in the manner in which it happened. But um, yeah, two, three more minutes, we hold on. And I think everyone's uh, clapping the players off and feeling, you know, 
fairly decent about keeping a clean sheet against a side like that, but it, it, it unfortunately wasn't to be uh, a couple of moments of and lapses of concentration mean that we walk away with nothing. Um, so starting lineup was the same against against a better, sorry start again the starting lineup was the same as the one that started against Watford and I I personally felt was the correct decision um, in our uh, Friday night live uh, we talked about what the lineup would be and, and that's the, the the lineup I would have gone with assuming that Hutch and Leonard aren't fit enough to start which is is was my assumption the fact that neither of them came on says a lot um, so we. We go with the, the 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 same team then. So what that is, is Barton goal, a back four, right to left of Danny McNamara, Wes Harding, Jake Cooper as captain, and Murray Wallace on the left. Two central midfielders of George Saville, Casper Denor, and then Fleming in a 10, either side of him, Honeyman and Norton Cuffey, and then Bradshaw as the lone striker up front. Now, just to put into context, so Southampton come into this in a rich vein of form. I think they're six unbeaten. I think they've won four of their last six. Um, they had a dodgy September, but have really come back into it uh, in October. They, I mean, the, the plethora of talent they've got is ridiculous. You know, the fact that they have the likes of Che Adams on the bench, Ryan Fraser, who comes on and scores the winner on the bench. They have the likes of Ross Stewart, who is actually coming back to fitness and wasn't even involved. Samuel Adozi on the bench. The, the uh, Ryan Manning. On the bench, the, the talent this Southampton team have got is is crazy, and I actually think squad depth. They have the best squad in the league. I don't think they have the best eleven. I think that's Leicester and Leeds probably battling it out for that. But squad depth, they got the best squad in in the league, in my opinion. And you know, um, when he can be bothered, Sulemana is just you know. Let's be honest, if we're being unbiased, a, a joy to watch at times, but not when you're on the receiving end of it. So this is what we're up against, right? And this is why going into yesterday's game, I um, I felt I predicted a 1-2 a, a reverse. So I expected us to lose by the odd goal um, and give a good account of ourselves, but ultimately come up short. And I think, all right, it was 1-0, but that's ultimately what happened. And so after all of the, the fantastic um, remembrance, uh, armed forces, uh, you know, tributes at the start of the game. Um, we, we we do start the game. And I think that I felt the first sort of five, 10 minutes, we had a lot of intensity to our play, but a lot of misplaced passes. Um, and then I think Southampton took control, uh, you know, and uh, they, um, they, they, they ended the game on 75% possession, right? So they, they had control of the majority of the game. What I would say is in the first half, we probably had the best chance. And that came from a corner, which I felt for us, set pieces would be vital. And I think our best two opportunities actually came from set pieces. The first one in the first half, it's a deep corner, I think, from George Saville. It's knocked back across goal by Cooper, met by Wes Harding, and he hits the bar. Um, it is the, the top of the bar, um, admittedly, but it's it's definitely our best chance. And I think the best chance of the first half they have lots of possession. They have lots of nearly moments. But in terms of clear-cut chances throughout the game, not just the first half, I don't think Southampton created many. And this is why um, we were having a bit of a debate in our in our group chat yesterday. 
And I, I do feel that it was harsh on us yesterday because, yeah, they, they, there's no question. And I agree with Russell Martin that they dominated the ball. They dominated possession. They did wear us down. But in terms of clear-cut opportunities, they didn't create many yesterday. And, and if you're a Southampton fan listening to this, I think even you would have to admit that. Um, but what what started to become a pattern in the first half and ultimately... Um, was was probably how uh you know what Russell Martin was referring to is we just we basically defended for the whole 90 minutes and then we had no outlet and our outlet was basically to to win the ball back in our half and then to try and feed it to Bradshaw and Bradshaw's a tireless worker we know that and I and I I felt for him again yesterday because we just we just had no outlet every time we pumped the ball up to him we would then turn the ball over and then they would come back to us. Um, and you're looking for someone to put the put your, put the foot on the ball to try and calm the game down, get a bit of composure. Um, and we struggled with that. We really, really did struggle with that. And I think Barrett alluded to that after the game. And I'll talk a bit more about Barrett because I um, I want to give Barrett some credit despite the the poor... Uh, results under his his sort of four match tenure, but look, we go in at half time nil um, nil, and I think yeah, they dominated the first half. It wasn't pretty for us to watch, but reality, they had a couple of opportunities. I think Stuart Armstrong had a good chance. I think um, there was another opportunity. I think it was Al Carrez who stung the palms of Bart. But again, all, all things that I felt we 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 should be dealing with, and and to be fair, we did at times. Our defending was a bit flat-footed, uh, Cooper in particular, uh, which coincidentally, I think if we're not so flat-footed, we, we do prevent the last-minute goal. But we're going at half-time, nil-nil. Um, and all the time it's nil-nil, we have a chance, right? And I think that we, in the second half, I felt we had a little bit more about us. We... Again, we didn't create any clear-cut opportunities, right? I think that's fair to say. But we had this, and this is the fine margins in football, and this is what I hope Joe Edwards will bring to the table. There were a couple of chances where we broke with, I think there was a chance with Fleming where he put the ball across and it was really good defending from Bednarek. Um, There was another chance on 73 where we actually create a bit of an overload and Savile's got the ball on the right-hand side and... He he just chooses the the the, the wrong pass um, because we have three or four players in the box, but he, he doesn't he doesn't reach any of them, and then they break, and then Bart has to make a decent save after Alcaraz carries the ball about thirty yards. And but but the whole point is is that the whole time it is nil nil, we do have a chance, and this is why I do want to give a bit of credit to Barrett, although coincidentally I'll contradict it by saying that if it was Raul, it maybe we do see that game out as nil nil. But Barrett makes the changes that he does and he brings off Norton Cuffey on 64. He brings off um, Honeyman on 64. I agree with the Honeyman change because he's just coming back to fitness. But Barrett brings on, first of all, I don't really understand why he brings Norton Cuffey off. Um, I felt Norton Cuffey was quite quiet yesterday, but unless he's blown out of his arse or he's got an injury, I don't really see the point in that change. But Barrett does make the change and he makes quite an attacking one by bringing on Imaku. And this is the difference. 
And this is why I have to give credit to Barrett on one hand, because I, I feel what Rowett would have done at that stage of the game is he would have gone to a back five to try and, you know, snuff out the likes of Walker Peters that had a lot of joy in that game. Um, or he would bring on Alan Campbell, Billy Mitchell, and, and basically shut up shop and try and see the game out at 0-0. And maybe that would have been the right thing to do because we'd have a point more. Um, we'll never know. But Barrett doesn't do that. He does try and, you know, he said it in his post-match, to try and maintain the press. He also alluded to something that Russell Martin alluded to and we've noticed, which is fitness levels being a problem yet again. Um, he talked about trying to maintain it. He talked about trying to maintain the press by changing the two wide players. He talked about certain players that he wants more from. Um, and he talked about switching off at the death. Now, to me, that, that again, I could be reading into it, but to me, he is basically saying we're not fit enough. We lose concentration and a couple of players are not working hard enough. And I think, and again, just my opinion, I think one of those players is Ian Fleming. He, there's, to me, there's no coincidence that there was an article that came around uh, that basically said we are seeing Fleming work harder than he ever has before. Uh, I think it was on News at Den. And make no mistake, Zian Fleming is a Rolls-Royce of a footballer. He has strength and abundance, technical ability and abundance. He is a quality player and probably in terms of technical ability, probably the best player we've had at the club in a long, 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 long time. There's no denying that. But to play at Millwall and to play in the team and the systems that he's playing in, he has to offer more off the ball. And I agree that he has started to do that a little bit more, but I still need more from him. And I personally think that Barrett was was referring to him because he's the only player that started the game that I could look at and feel as though that they did not leave everything on the pitch. There is there, there is there is no more to give from the likes of I'm gonna I'm gonna put him on a pedestal again, but George Savile. There is no more that these players for me can give, and we were just beaten by a better team. I felt the players gave absolutely everything yesterday. And they were beaten by a better team. Did Southampton deserve it? Possibly. Um, on the, the fact that they had more of the ball and all this kind of thing. But in terms of clear-cut chances, according to the stats, they didn't create one clear-cut chance. They had loads of moments, but they didn't create one clear-cut chance. Whereas we actually did, which was the Wes Harding piece. Um, now, in terms of XG, again... We have to take this at face value. They only had an XG of one. So it's not like they absolutely battered us. Um, whereas, you know, the, the stats would lead you to believe that they did. So the point is, if anyone deserved to win that game, of course, it's Southampton. There is a clear uh, golfing class between the two sides. That's not, you know, it's not in question. But I think if it did remain at nil-nil, I think we would all be sitting here thinking very, very differently. So... Just taking a step back, I think it's important to, to, to know that. Um, what I would say is that, and again, Barrett alluded to this, Russell Martin alluded to this, is that there are too many times this season where, whether it is a tired mind, a tired legs, or a combination of both, that, that we are ultimately just 
We're giving points away. That's now seven points that we've given away from positions in the second half this season already, which that is a difference between us being 18th and us being around the top six. So that's that's huge, right? And obviously three of those uh, are in the last week. Um, and then obviously another, I remember Bristol City um, taking all three points in the last minute. So th- this this keeps happening. And is that down to us just not being fit enough? I, I, I don't think we are. I think we're getting there, but we're still not there. We really aren't. And that's a problem. And the, the, the likes of Gary Rowett and Dave Carolan, who are no longer with the club, they have to take responsibility for that because that's their job to get the players fit. And I, as I say, I think we're getting there, but we're, we're not fit enough yet. Um, and I think a lot of that keeps happening. If you watch the goal back that they scored, so Walker Peters is, is open on his own. Now, again, maybe if we'd have gone to a back five, that doesn't happen. Um, but we, 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 Walker Peters had a, had a lot of space in that game. And again, I don't know if it was deliberate, um, but he had a lot of space. He gets the ball. Um, and if you, if you watch it back, there's, there's, there's two things. I, I... And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I notice. So the first one is uh, Cooper is incredibly fat, flat-footed. So the ball comes across across the box. And there are two moments where Cooper's caught flat-footed. First one when Armstrong turns him in the box. The ball then does make its way across. And Wes Hard in good positioning cuts it out. The ball then goes back into Wolves, Armstrong and Cooper. But Cooper's too slow to turn. And then it goes back to Armstrong. And then, of course, it makes its way to Ryan Fraser, who puts it in the net. The other thing I noticed as well is if you just isolate Murray Wallace, I'm not really sure who he's marking or what he's doing. Um, and again, I'm, I'm maybe overanalyzing a goal, but these, these are the fine margins. That's the difference between a point and no point. That's the difference between Southampton, you know, walking away with a, a boring nil-nil and, you know, towels riding high because they've just got three points in the last minute. These are these are real fine margins. and. The thing that Joe Edwards now needs to do is to cut those things out because that's twice in a week and it's not good enough. Um, the effort levels are there. The desire's there. I feel the commitment's there. But the organisation, the mental concentration and the ideas of trying to actually be a bit braver on the ball and create opportunities their own are not there. They are the three things that Joe Edwards needs to address. and. Um, again, Southampton good side, but it's not good enough to create only one shot on target in the whole game at home. 
And that's now five losses at home. And I just sound like a broken record when it comes to our home form. So, yeah, look, I think ultimately it's it's a shame. It's a real sucker punch. I feel for the players, but we we need to we need to improve because I think we're only seven points off the relegation places. We are, although we're 18th, we're closer towards relegation, we are the playoffs. We are sort of finely balanced. And you know, we're having this debate on Friday. Can we still get in the playoffs? Of course we can. Do I think we will? No chance. Um, I think this season is about consolidating, not finishing anywhere near the bottom, which, you know, being honest, we do need to start looking over our shoulder. And one of those things that Joe Edwards is going to have to do is balance a case of trying to evolve into his playing style and, you know, coach the players, but also making sure that we get enough points to, to stay in this league. And you might be thinking I'm being pessimistic, but we're not that far away. We, we really aren't. And we're not scoring goals. We're not creating opportunities. We Fourth lowest opportunities created in the whole league still. So that's, that's a fine balance. I also think he needs to get the players fitter. And there are a couple of players that are really unfit for me. And one of them uh, is Kevin Nisbet. I, I don't really know what's going on there. You can tell he's got obvious quality in front of goal, but he's not fit. Um, Savol, uh, Savol, Savol at one point in the second half completely lost his shit with him. There was, uh, I mean, it, the fact that Nisbet was only on 10 minutes, I think he came on on 82, 83 when I think Bradshaw had a problem with his, his, his hamstring, um, which hopefully is not too bad for him. But there was a moment where he he could have could have possibly challenged to, to win the ball back and he didn't. And once the ball had gone out of play, Savile absolutely arsehole him. And that's what I love about Savile. Him and Harding are the only two players for me that I observe that actually have that nastiness about them. Um, and we, we just don't have that, which is why I think... I'm, I'm not sure Savile should be club captain... And the reason I say that is because Savile said himself that club captain mean is a lot more than just what you see on the pitch. Savile is our captain on the pitch. No mistake. Whether Hutch is playing or not, Savile is the man on the pitch. And I love that about Sav. Um, whether he should be club captain or not, you know, as I said, he said himself that he doesn't really see himself as that role. But he's our leader on the pitch for me. And I'm not so sure Cooper offers that. I, I, I've said for a long time, Cooper's not a captain. Um, but anyway, I'm jumping around all over the place here. Um, another observation yesterday I found was that um, Robinson, Paul Robinson was was in charge of set pieces and he was against Watford. And obviously we scored from um, a set piece at Watford and we should have scored from at least one set piece yesterday. Obviously he had the Harding header and then our best chance came in the second half from a free kick that was, uh, considering how high of a line Southampton were playing on these free kicks, put into a really good area, um, not back across goal by Cooper. And we've got to be getting on the end of these. You know, if you watch it back again, Bradshaw waits to see if Cooper wins the header, then he tries to get to the ball. If he, if he, if he takes that gamble, he's got an opportunity. And again, these are, these are the fine margins in football. Um, but uh, ultimately, we walk away with uh, another loss at home. As I said, five now we've lost at home. And it is it is frustrating. A sellout crowd yesterday, although it's weird, there was loads of empty seats. 
And I don't think the the atmosphere marked the occasion. Is that because we just kind of know what's coming at home? Um, but I do want to give Barrett uh, praise. He 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 doesn't go with the same boring tactics that that in terms of setup that Rowett did. Yes, at home to Southampton, we are going to be defending a lot. I don't think that changes. But he did try and go for it. Maybe that was our downfall or not. I don't know. Um, when I say go for it, I don't mean in terms of we created loads of chances because we didn't. What I'm trying to say is, is that he could have shut up shop. He didn't. And maybe that was the downfall yesterday. Maybe that was a game where he should have done. Don't know. But does Barrett stay at the club? This is a nice segue to talk about the news about Joe Edwards. Just before we do that... Um, I want to just say, again, I don't think anyone played badly yesterday. I think Fleming could have offered more, but my man in the match was George Savile again. Um, he, he, yeah, he, he, there was a couple of misplaced passes. Um, absolutely there was, but for his all-round game, his effort levels, the, the kind of clever uh, free kicks and, and positions he gets himself out of for, for being that leader on the pitch, I think he was my man in the match. I want to give credit to Bart, made some good saves, but they're saves that I would expect him to make, if I'm being honest. I thought Harding was good. Um, I thought Danny Mack overall was fairly good. Um, Cooper, he just seems, I, I, I don't know. Uh, he did some really good things yesterday. You know, there was a lot of interceptions and balls into the box he cleared up, but there are times where he just seems a little bit off it. Um, for me, um, but yeah, I'm 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 not going to go through the whole team. My man of the match was George Savile. Now, Joe Edwards. So I think a lot. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say I even knew who he was a week ago. And I think a lot of Millwall fans fall into that boat. I also have said in recent days that I probably would have preferred Nathan Jones. Now, the reason for that is because Edwards is certainly more of a gamble, which I'm not saying I don't want the club to take. I just think we're in quite a precarious position at the moment where I honestly think, if you honestly think we're above going down, we're really not. And that's my concern. And that's why I probably would have wanted someone more that knows this league and that knows you know, management and things. However... We've gone down the Joe Edwards route, which when this all first, when Rowett first left the club, I said I either wanted Wilder, Jones, or an unknown quantity. They were the my top three. We've gone down the unknown quantity route, and it does excite me because, you, you, of course, it's just natural human behaviour. You, you're always excited by things you don't know. That's just humans in general. But when it comes to what you've read about him. And what the game that he speaks is exciting. You know, he talks about players enjoying the style, but also having a style that the crowd can get behind. Um, I think that he has come highly, you know, highly praised from all sorts of players. Mason Mount, Reese James, um, Tammy Abraham, Thomas Tuchel has praised him. Frank Lampard has praised him. So he's, he's got high praise. And I think that, he um, he doesn't have much managerial experience, which is why it's interesting he's coming in as head coach. I would expect that what will happen is Alex Aldridge will kind of assume the, the top dog role in terms of sort of director of football style. So we're going down quite a different model. 
Um, my assumption is the reason the club have done that is because there probably was a bit of a power struggle between Alex Aldridge and Gary Rowett. Um, and that won't be the case now. There'll be one person in charge and one person only with Joe Edwards very much around picking the team and setting the team up for success and Aldridge running things in the background. From what I'm hearing as well, Andy Myers, former Chelsea player. Did he play against us in 95 when we beat him in the cup? with like Mark Steen and uh, Spencer and that, John Spencer. Don't know. Um, despite what you might think with a grey hair, I was only about five at that time. <laughs> um, but look, Joe Edwards comes in, highly rated. I really like the fact the club are taking a gamble. Is it the right time to take a gamble? We'll, we'll, well, we'll find out. Um, and he's got a big job on his hands, Joe Edwards. I think um, from his point of view, He's been offered a championship job with a team that last four years have done fairly well. Um, a stable backing, you know, we, we've only had four or five managers in the last sort of 15 years. You know, he's not going to be a knee-jerk reaction. He's going to get time. It's probably probably a pay rise, I would imagine. Um, and it's close to home. I think on one hand, it's like what an opportunity. On the second hand, we're Millwall and we we will not as a fan base we the club may give him time but there's a lot of fans that won't um we will need to be patient but patient to a point that it does not risk us going down and it's going to be a fine balance between seeing us this season without a doubt is going to be mid-table mediocrity at its best and i think we need to to just get on board with that that's one challenge the second challenge Joe Edwards has got is whilst Gary Rowett, and if you've watched this, this sort of show or whatever long enough, you'll know that I was a Gary Rowett fan in a results-based business. No one can deny that. He Four top 10 finishes and top half finishes with a squad that I don't think is representative of where we finished. I think he certainly had a style and a way of playing that whilst was boring, it, it got us to those positions. He was a very stable manager. And now Joe Edwards is inheriting that squad and he's going to try or have to try and do something different with it. He's inheriting a squad that was very used to playing a certain way and its strength was playing a certain way. You're not going to get Jake Cooper and Murray Wallace playing out from the back. You're just not. That's That's part of the challenge. The second part of the challenge is I think it's a very unbalanced squad. You've arguably got some really good options in certain places. Central midfield probably being one of them. And then in other areas, you're completely feeling on the ground up front. You know, we, we lack a an outlet type striker. Nisbet and Bradshaw are quite similar. We don't have a defender that is capable of being comfortable in possession other than maybe Ryan Leonard. Um, we lack options down the flanks because we didn't really play with wingers. Um, so, you know, this is the thing about Gary Rowett had success in terms of the way he got us playing, but he, he, he left us as he leaves. He leaves us quite short of options. And again, I feel for the club because I think they're going to have to put their hands in their pocket again in January. And it'd be really interesting to see the type of player that we bring in. Is it going to be very different? Because... As I say, I think 
is it going to be Aldridge, Aldridge's signings or is it going to be Joe Edwards' signings? Is I guess the point I'm I'm coming to. But look, I'm excited. We've been crying out for something a bit different. I just hope that bit difference doesn't see us languishing at the bottom of the table um, in, in a position where we're, we're fighting for our lives. I hope we have just enough quality to avoid that. But QPR are starting to pick up points. And there is no easy game in this league. We're Millwall. We're not going to turn up and we are not guaranteed to beat anyone. We're up next against Sheffield Wednesday. I would imagine that will be Joe Edwards' first game in charge. What happens to Adam Barrett and the rest of the coaching staff? Don't know. We'll see. Um, do we need a complete clear out? Or actually, is some continuity with a group like this good? Don't know. I'll let you make your own mind up. But look, that's it, really. I think it's um, it's a weird feeling. I think it's a it's a feeling of uh, feeling a little bit hard done by yesterday, from the effort levels alone. Ultimately, still not good enough to compete against teams like this. But um, mildly optimistic of a of a change. But we will have to be patient because that change can't be too big too soon because it just won't be possible. Um, but fair play to the club; they've gone in a in a different direction. And look, it'll either be a masterstroke where we plucked this next best up and coming manager in England or it'll all end in tears. But look, either way, we'll be there to watch it, won't we? So look, thanks again for listening. Um, I hope you have had uh, an half decent weekend um, despite uh, what happened. And um, yeah, um, enjoy the rest of, of, of that. Uh, we look forward to the official announcement on Joe Edwards yesterday. Yesterday? Tomorrow? God, um, I've not even had a beer yet. We look forward to the official announcement from the club on Joe Edwards tomorrow. And uh, look, I hope you all have a good week. And um, yeah, bye for now. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five year warranty. And with a bench full of all star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.